Folks, it's uh, time now for the General Knowledge Podcast Season 4, Episode 15. And uh, joining me tonight, of course, I've got Ethan Nash from TOTT News. Ethan, how are you, my friend? Good to see you again, mate. Good, General. Good to be here. Um, It's been a lot happening in Australia and around the world, as always. And I look forward, we were just going through some of the rundown off air, and I look forward to having a chat about the the crazy world Mm. that's around Mm, us, mate. Mate, it's all happening, and uh, things are getting a little bit colder at the moment too. It's coming into winter here. It's a bit chilly at the moment. I'm fucking rugged up tonight because it's freezing cold in my place. Well, we didn't. We didn't have a summer up here. It just rained the entire yeah. summer and autumn. We just yeah. rained, so we, yeah, we're not had... the sunshine state anymore. No, and I saw someone put up some details yesterday saying that in April we had a maximum of three and a half hours of sunlight per day in April. Yeah, you know, that's ridiculous for up here in Queensland at this time of year. It's, it's yeah. Anyway, something's going Unreal. on. Yeah. Now we're into the cold. Too sure. Yeah. Now it's freaking yeah. freezing cold. Uh, Andy's <laughs> also here as well. Ando, thanks for joining us for the conversation, brother. Thanks for coming on board. You're busy. You're all good. Good evening, General. Yeah, mate. I'm going really, really good. Thank you. Yeah, what have you been up to, mate? You've been flying yet? You've been up in the, up uh, in the clouds? I was nearly going to go today with my dad, actually, and. Um, He's going to take him for a burn around Stratty, but um, I didn't pan out. The aircraft was um, didn't get back from um, uh, down south. Um, the actual Excuse owner me. took it took it away. Yeah, so it was it was such a shame because it was such a beautiful day today. Um, I saw I, I was watching the weather during the week and I knew that Sunday would be a cracker, and it was. Um, but uh, anyway, so no, the uh, the wife set me to work today, and uh, it's been a day of day of painting and mowing, general. And, um, and husband duties work. And the mowing is a four in one job now. We had to, I started the mower on the top height, and then mowed it. Oh, you, you're coming down gradually. gradually. And, then, and then I was coming down gradually on, on the on the levels of the, on the mower. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> slowly getting into the soup of the yeah, lawn <laughs> that's what it's like man mate well as you as everyone knows i like my son plays footy and stuff three weeks three weeks every all games cancelled for three weeks in a row oh fields are too wet oh they're gonna ruin the fields no training no 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 games for three weeks so it was a pain in the ass but anyway finally got out there today um 
It's a shame you couldn't get up and uh, for a flight again, mate. Because um, I was going to yeah, say, we'll have yeah. to start calling you fucking Captain Ando, mate. Uh, we've got the general. <laughs> we've got, now we have the captain. And now, Ethan, we need a name for you, mate. What are you going to be? <laughs> Major Nash. Major Nash. There it is. Major Nash. Major. I have a bit of a thought, actually, guys, today. And um, I thought we can grab the plane and the, two, the three of us, actually, we should fly it to the wellness camp. And land on the new runway. <laughs> I'm definitely going. Well, we will probably get done for being in a restricted airspace and all sorts of shit. Oh well, that's all right. You know, worst things have happened. Do they Apparently, have a landing strip? Do they actually have a landing strip there? Oh my god, they've got a landing strip bigger, as big as the Brisbane airport. What? I'm not joking. No wonder it, the thing costs that many millions of dollars to build the thing. Half of it's in the runway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. and Jesus. I heard from tax dollars um, at work again. Unverified source that the weekly le- the weekly outgoings, like including wages for seven people and and that and the big cost is the actual lease payments for the the landowner for the actual property and everything like that is four million dollars per week. But what? that is un- that is unverified. We do need to find it, but that is from a. a a fairly reputable source. Wow. And I oh, thought, so man. You, you, people wonder where all our fucking money goes, but anyway. Oh, well. Jesus you know. Christ. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, just before we started recording, uh, folks, I was having a chat to Ando about <clears throat> my uh, my daughter's just uh, turned 16 now, so uh, we, we just bought her a car on the weekend, found a good deal, got a, got a little Suzuki Swift, uh, which is what I used to drive before I started the business and stuff, so I know it's a good car. Um and it's just sort of dawned on me, man, she's really becoming like a good little citizen now, you know. You know, she had to go and get, because she wanted to get a job. So she's now got a, herself a little job, a little casual job, which means she had to get a bank account. It also means she had to get a tax file number. You know, you, she, she's now it kind of, and I just felt uncomfortable because I know she's entering the system now. You know, she's becoming part of this fucking beast system that I... And, you know, everyone, we're all sort of always talking about how do we get away from it? How do we circumvent it? And I'm like, just sent my young, you know, my daughter into the fucking headlong into it. You know, it's like, well, there's no real way to, you can't go, you can work apparently still these days without a tax file number, but they tax you more or something like you, you, you don't get as much money. Like it's, they really obviously force you into that system. They haven't. Um, and Andy, you, you posed me that question. Because um, you and you and the missus were talking about it, mate. Just bring that up again there, um, what you were mentioning, and we'll, we'll just sort of throw it around and see what we're what we all think on that. Well, my thought was, you know, like, is it more loving? Is it is it is being a good parent keeping your child out of the jaws of the beast system, you know, away from all of this this stuff, or or is that more like child abuse, like you know? Not allowing. Like, are we are we protecting them or are we hindering them? Is yeah. that what you're saying? That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a, that's good words, general. Um, and it's a good it's a good philosophical kind of point to make, you know. Like, as I I sort of only really sort of dawned on me that that very kind of argument. Like, what am I what am I doing? Am I am I doing the right thing by encouraging her to do this and to be part of this? But then it reminds me of these conversations we have, Ethan, where we talk about ghosting, trying to ghost the system and, and partaking, but not really partaking, you know, and doing what's necessary to kind of be in it, but at the same time, not having much to do with it or having as little as possible to kind of do with that system. 
Um, so that's kind of where I yeah. am as well. I mean, but Andy poses that question. Like, I, I, you obviously you know have kids and stuff, but how would you feel about a like, imaginary situation here, hypothetically, if you had a kid? You know, would you want them to a get a birth certificate if they were born? Would you want them to be in that system? Would you want them to get a tax fund? Like, what were your thoughts on that, Ethan? Yeah, well, it, well, it's very hard, general. You know, um, it's probably why I probably won't end up having kids is because I already <laughs> sort of think of these things beforehand. You know, like yeah. uh, a lot of people have have become parents over the years. I'm grateful to be a little bit younger in that sense. A lot of people have become parents and sort of established normal lives even if they are sort of alternative they still are at least in the system and stuff and things have changed dramatically obviously in the last few decades especially but that's a question all these questions would go through my head and it really like i don't have a it's a damned if you do damned if you don't situation like there's that's always right. that because it's not just it's not just the like for the registering and the actual system thing i think it would you have to do it from birth like you have to be an off-grid type of parallel type of society that is off-grid when the kid's mm. born and the kid's sort of raised into that environment yeah like it has to be set up ready to go doesn't it, it can't, exactly. you can't just think i'll wing it and go oh let's not do it and we'll see what happens it's got to be like you've got to have that ready to go you know exactly because yeah. you face then the problem general is your daughter wants to enter the system and you can't really stop her and be like a tyrant to stop her and yeah, she wants to get stuff, yeah. yeah because she's had friends gone to school you know on the social whatever the case may be just in, in the thing if you haven't had that model it's really tough and not a lot of people like have that model it's a very tiny minority of people most people whether we're alternative or true seekers and stuff we are in the system in that sense and i've always thought about that like what would i when you tell your kids it's like you know don't eat this junk food and don't eat this and don't eat that but then they go to school and see their friends having all that nice stuff and then you become the the tyrant parent they rebel against you know there's just this infinite loop cycle of damned if you do damned if you don't and i i would understand your sort of uncomfortableness about that because mm, we, we don't was, look yeah. at the system we don't look at the system the same way anymore it's mm. it's more like we understand this whole track and trace thing and we didn't have choices in it with our birth certificates and stuff so it's just a, a weird dynamic man i don't um, envy being in that situation maybe you know you you said that you've you know your your, your children have been raised well from what i hear you know yeah, so maybe they're wary is, of that sort of stuff yeah maybe they yeah. will be more wary of it and stuff but it's still just that getting into the system that you really can't just stop mate it's unless you do it from as i said from have yeah. that model and system ready to go and, and yep. if not then we're just in the system the rest of us let's hope future generations don't have to be tracked and tagged in this system we can aim for that but if we're going to be in it, we need to learn how to work with it and do it well and ensure that we can be ghosts within the system. Yeah. And I was kind of mentioning that to Andy as well, that um, yeah, there, there are little things we can do to, I guess, help hide within the system as well, to a certain degree. Like when it's, when it's something like uh, applying for a visa or getting a passport or something, you've got to do everything fucking by the book. You can't put, you can't salt your data on that one. But if you're signing up to, you know, to, to get a fucking Gmail account or something like that, 
you don't have to give them any any correct data. Make it all up, you know what I mean? As long as you remember the goddamn password to get into it, you can give them fake everything, you know, all that sort of stuff. There's certain things you can exactly. do so that the big tech, at least, at least the, I guess, the corporate side of things, are, 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 you know, when they're looking at your data or when they're looking at you as part of this data group, they're, they're putting you into into a certain pigeonhole that you really don't belong to because it's not you, you know what I mean? You're, they think that's you, but it's not, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there's certain ways to kind of, I guess, I guess, corrupt their side of what they think of you and what you are as a person and things like that. But yeah, in terms of just, I guess, living everyday life in, in our part of society, because we don't have that set up yet. We don't have this off grid. We don't have all of that set up ready to go, like you mentioned. So you kind of have to be in it, you know, you, and, and once you're in it, you're in it. I don't think you're getting out of it. And unless you, even if you renounce your citizenship and say you want to go and live in another country or whatever, um, it doesn't change. You're still, you're still in their system, so to speak. So not much yeah, we can do about that, but I, it's almost like omnipresent at this point, the system. Well, yeah, it's, it's not like it used to be. It, it really is every, even back in the day, if you had a birth certificate before the digital era, for example, that birth certificate would be somewhere in a filing cabinet or in a hospital or Absolutely, yeah. somewhere in a records department. It's not just accessible by anyone all over the world in some massive database. This is the new era that's sort of emerged with technology and may it's not again it's maybe it's not even that the system's bad maybe it's the technology that's made this omnipresence about it that is just all seeing that whole big brother scope and you know we just find ways and you, you make a good point getting around it by using things like you don't have to use that you know i get confused a lot of the time when it's taxis or ubers or deliveries for something because i, I half the time i don't have my real name on it so they're yeah, like Henry, <laughs> susan and i'm just like well, yeah that's me yep 100 you know because you don't there's things you can do to reduce your footprint everywhere correct that's it just yep. make sure you got the essential things if you are in the system which you know bank accounts and all that it's it's hard yeah. But, you know, you can use that as like a just a, a process as well. You know, it's 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 not something that you like your bank account will know if you're tapping your card everywhere. Oh, he goes to that service station every morning and stuff. But if you've got a bank account, you just take your money out, use cash still. The bank doesn't know as much. So you can reduce your footprint in, in a lot of ways. And hopefully your daughter will be wary of that. Mm. So, yeah, and everyone out so. there, you know, you should be wary of that because becoming more and more of a bigger scope every day yeah but and also not just making them aware of it but the what it actually means the importance of that because uh, fair enough if they're aware of it they can go oh yeah but whatever i don't care you know what i mean that's you got to get rid of that i don't care mentality that the younger generation seem to have these days so. yeah. um well let's let's move on to the to the next segment uh i wanted to get everyone's thoughts and uh, i might i might so i might go last on this one because i I have a different theory that I kind of wanted to pose to you, but I wanted to do it at the end. Andy, I might throw to you first of all. Let's get everyone's thoughts on the Australia season 31. Hey, Ethan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Australia season 31, the selection. Um, of course, we now have a new a new prime minister, um, new puppet leader, whatever that fucking means. But Anthony Albanese, Labor wins. Uh, you know, Red got up over blue this time as the... Uh, you know, the circus continues. Andy, look, obviously there was a lot of push for, you know, One Nation and um, UAP and all the other, you know, I'm up, all these other groups to try and, you know, win some seats and to ride that freedom uh, freedom train, you know, and, and push that angle, excuse me. Um, 
we saw ads constantly, you know, obviously we see the, the red and the blue ads all the time, which are, you know, the red ones are picking on the blue ones and blue ones are picking on the red ones. Then you have UAP putting ads on TV. We were actually offering some actual solutions and saying, this is what we need and we're going to give you this. And, you know, this is our policies, you know, it wasn't just name, you know, name calling like the other two, you know, you know which seemed like a good idea, you know, like let's actually tell people what we're going to do. Um, but then again, when it came to the results, what did we see? We saw these huge swings just towards the red team. Uh, we saw the the freedom movement really take a hit. Um, you know, we had a lot of people not getting back in, uh, losing their seats to either Greens or um, or Labor. You know, taking over in in some key areas and stuff. You know, so it was a it was to be honest, I was actually a little shocked because in I'll just throw this out before I come back to me, but in my opinion, um, well, I was. And there was a bit of hope in there, but I actually really did think that, you know, I think they're, they're a good chance to win a couple of seats here and there. You know, I thought the way people are, the amount of people we saw at these rallies, the amount of people who wished they were there and couldn't be there and, you know, the online sort of freedom movement, like I'm thinking, fuck, surely they're going to get a couple of seats somewhere, anywhere, you know, just to get a couple in. And it didn't happen. Uh, Andy, let's let's hear your thoughts, mate, on, on the most recent uh, episode of, or most recent season of Australia, season 31. Yeah, season 31, yeah. Um, man, it was, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? You know, like I, I, it just like I kind of expect, I I used to be right into politics, you know, like 20 years ago. Like I used, used to even like chair in our local like um, Liberal Party down here in Springwood and stuff. So part I have had system. a history. Oh, uh, I was, you know, like <laughs> That's a lot. That's a couple of decades ago. But oh, I know, like, mate, I know. This, this, this one, um, you know, like it's just, I, I've sort of, I've sort of taken less and less interest in it, in 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 the last few years, and, but but still, I was I was quite shocked at like as you say, you know, that like no seats for for any of the awakened community that like we could possibly say that we've had a little bit of a win there and I couldn't believe like no seats at all for like United you know Clive Palmer's thing um that shocked me a bit too you know like I just you know it's just it's just so broke it's such a broken system where all we've got is like the two wings of the one bird and it just goes from one wing to the next wing and from the red one to the blue one, back to the red one. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see any hope at all for Australian politics. I just, I just think that there had that this country, like other countries in the past, I think we do have to go right down before we can come back, right back up again. And people, unfortunately, the last two years of COVID, it hasn't been a hard enough stick. For the Australian people, I just, I just really think that they, they, they don't need a smack on the bum. They need a like a baseball bat to the side of the head to actually like wake up, you know. And I think that's where we're headed. I think, I think there's going to be like some really, really hard times. I think, I think people's superannuation has to be stolen completely, and people's bank accounts shut down, and all of the funds like basically withdrawn and never to be seen again for people to be able to wake up in this country. I think we just just need a really, really hard serve 
um, uh, before we start realising that the, the game's rigged and, you know, these people that are so-called leaders in our country really don't have our interest at heart whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm just, I'm just, I'm personally just totally disillusioned. I don't know where to where to go or what even to say about this this system or 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 what what even to do next. But Andy, it's a you, very sad. Can you cast your mind back, mate? When you and I were doing some street beat stuff back in the 2016 election, and yeah, you know we're going up talking to people putting the microphone in and putting the camera on them and saying, you know, like, oh, who do you reckon is going to win, which is secretly a, a, it's a clever way of asking them who they're going to vote for pretty much because um, you technically, you know, people don't like being who, you know, don't like being asked who you're going to vote for. But um, and, and what did we see? We saw, oh, I'm just going to vote Labor because that's what my family always does and oh, I'm just going to do this. I always just vote them. Like what? No interest in it whatsoever. Just do the same old thing. It's, it's literally just them going out there and doing it because if they if they don't do it, they think they're going to get a fine. You know, that's basically all it came down to. That's the only reason why people were lining up and, and casting a vote. You know, uh, it literally made no difference whatsoever. It's just that's the that's what we're dealing with is this these masses who have no idea. And I, I mate, I think this whole lockdown and the COVID nonsense you were talking about, I think that was the baseball bat to the side of the head. And you know what? It didn't work. They're, they're just still fucking fast asleep, mate. It didn't work on them. Look at look at a prime example of that is Victoria. Look how many more seats Labor got. I mean, this was a Labor government with under Andrews screwing these people. You know, I, I took like barbed wire in the rectum up and down. And then they, they just went back and voted the same fucking mob back in. Like, did, hello? Don't, don't you realise what just happened to you? Like, seriously, what, what can it. you do? You know? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, just, it's jaw-dropping, isn't it? It is, mate. It is. It really is. Um Let's get your take on that, Ethan. I know, obviously, you've got a, a much different uh, view on everything, uh, like, like uh, as opposed to, I guess, Andy and myself. But let's hear what you've got to say on the matter of, of uh, Australia Season 31, mate. Yeah, General, well, it was um, interesting to see. I, I did a little – I cut out a little snippet of a podcast that we did. must have been a few episodes ago talking about mm -hmm. the upcoming election and talking about – essentially you know just forecasting that labor will probably win because of the high-speed rail initiative and all this mm. stuff that's sort of bound to come in but you're right there was still that little bit of hopium in the air you know in a sense that there'd be some political upheaval um i said i didn't really expect it on that show and you know i've become really disconnected from politics from covering elections and stuff just for years and all that yeah, stuff yeah i know just, you don't like doing it on the site which is fine but i just i just wanted well, to still get your yeah no no show, so. and like in a sense of my emotional side that's what that's what i'm sort of getting at you know i'm not really disillusioned or feeling down or anything like that because i have become so disconnected because i didn't put i never put my hope into that and never sort of really expected that I, I expected business as usual. And it's interesting, there was a lot of um, votes for the independents, um, it's more like the, the One Nations and the United, but you see how it's all just split up. You know, Pauline gets 6%, United gets 6%. Imagine if these were together in one party, that'd be 12% or getting up to 18 You know, they'd have, there is a representative that shows that there is 
large populations out there of people that are disillusioned with the system. But I think it's designed with all the characters, just like a good professional wrestling uh, show to appeal to everyone. You've got the nationalist base, you've got the socialist base, you've got the labor base and liberals. There's a character for everyone. And that's how it all just gets. It's not that the system's inherently rigged. You don't need to rig the system when you've got such a mass operation of mind control on the people, making them believe that this stage show is real. It's really quite a phenomenal thing to to see. And now we're seeing Albo get in and all of this, um, the 31st Prime Minister of Australia, so 31, season 31's kicking off, and it's just going to be like Liberals, it's it's a way to, the importance of having two parties is so that you can get um, the same agenda in so it doesn't look like it's just one party developing everything. So the Liberals over the last, um, however long they've been in, since 2016 or so, or before that, 2014 maybe, they have established all of the smart cities and the tech grid and the anti-terrorism like that's their role they're the full-on surveillance state tech Mm. grid let's establish everything the the squads and all that stuff and then labor comes in and labor's going to be the social element of it transforming people to a sustainable future and making them cut down on things and you know put all of the um lgbtq transgender yeah. ideology get it back into schools get it onto medicare put indigenous yep. flags at the at the thing it's all just fake posturing it's not that these issues themselves are bad it's all just fake from this bland corporate suit talk spokesperson you know what i mean like it's like nike have, wearing a pride flag when they've, they've got kids in fucking slave camps excuse my language but you know what i mean it's just hypocrisy on a massive level that you see and that's oh, what that's what where society's going though, because society's been engineered that way to gracefully transition into this period, and and this is where we will see all of the renewables and the electric cars and smart city grid sort of be connected with EV technology and the renewable elements of it, and this is what the Labor's purpose is going to be. And if they're in for two terms, which they probably will be, that'll be 2028, and people might get sick of them then. And we've got mm. Peter Dutton. Who's been just the worst forever, like, Peter you know, Dutton? Know, right? yeah. What a what a story it would be. Peter Dutton is the prime minister right on the year twenty thirty. It just makes sense that we'd have a hard ass like him yeah. saying, "No, everything's set up now. You got to live with it." But that's yeah. you know that's just my thoughts. So this is why, and and we said on a previous episode before that, um, like it's not that I don't encourage people to still go out there and do that stuff and believe in all that stuff like you don't have to take my perspective on board i was just saying well the courts don't work politics don't work the only thing that works is a parallel society but if people want to invest their energy into it and they fail maybe then they might take our perspectives on board i hope that they win. that's what i think too because i don't want it to have to come to that but we've seen all of those layers sort of um, go down. So I hope that the disillusionment that people feel is sort of rechanneled back into, and all that energy that was spent for the election time and campaigning and being out on the streets, channel that energy into something better. And it's disconnecting from this whole system completely, mm. ensuring that you don't have to have it control you as much I, as I, you do. I, uh, I was listening to, um, to Adam's show in the Crest Files there, and uh, I think he was 
saying that he saw a uh, you know, someone say something very similar on a video that um, is in his group or was put in his group anyway on Telegram. But because you know, Adam's very disillusioned with it as well, he's like, you know, this is utterly the the worst possible result we could actually even hope for. You know, we, we could have gotten this literally the worst result we could have gotten with all the greenies and all the laborers and all that sort of stuff in. Um, but someone mentioned that, you know what, it, maybe this has to happen. Maybe we have to have the worst in now so it gets that fucking bad that maybe some people now start seeing, holy shit, this is that bad, we need an alternative. And it might drive a few more our way, you know, when they really see how bad it is. That's, I guess, it's probably some more hopium right there. But um, we can only hope that people will react that way and that we get more on our side. But Well, anyway. I, I predict that's, that's how they'll frame Liberal getting back in eventually is because Labor are notoriously the economic mismanagers Correct. They're they'll just terrible with run, the economy. They'll double the, they'll double the debt in yeah. three years and all that sort of stuff, yeah. And by by after two terms, Liberal will say, well, we're going to come in to fix everything up, all of this mess, but it's going to be too late by then and they're yeah. not going to fix it up anyway. That's just no. the, the ploy. <laughs> That's going to be the next hopium. Everyone's just going to be inflation yeah. through the roof, losing everything and just, yeah. Yeah. oh, the Liberals are going to fix everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's an incredible play that people watch on their screens. And that's what well, I was going to say when, I, when we were doing those interviews back in 2016 and I, I shared that on realnewsaustralia.com, I said, uh, I, said uh, the, I must have asked a question. Well, take a look at our video report from today and see what the average citizen thinks of the election, whom they're voting for and why the results are astounding. And I said, well, the simple answer is yes, there will be no change. Though there will be change of sorts. Will it be for the better, though? Highly doubtful. The status quo appears to remain unchanged. The two-party back and forth seems to be deeply ingrained in our society with the masses simply voting out Liberal to get Labor back in. And when they screw us over, yet again, the zombies vote in the Liberals and on and on it goes. There are no winners in this system. And like the chap says in the video above, only the only losers are us. Um, so it's very poignant there, but... It's, it's the same song. It's just the same thing that keeps going on. But I wanted to put my take uh, on this topic, boys. So shout out to Dave, good old Citizen 8. Uh, he always listens to the show. He, he sent me a, a message on Telegram. He said to this, he goes, hey, General, I was talking to, and shout out to Brendan. I was talking to Brendan the other day, who you've met, and we were discussing what if the United Australia Party thing was a giant con to give One Nation supporters something other to choose from. And I said, I considered it, mate. This is my response. I said, I considered it, mate. It's not outside the realms of possibility. But my gut says it did actually happen, but not intentionally. The two majors love it when smaller parties come through because it dilutes the votes so there will be never be any real opposition. And I had a feeling that that's pretty much exactly what happened. You know, it used to be that one nation was the alternative. You know, the Greens were always down in the background. Greens are Greens, whatever. Greens were always about Greens, and that's about it, pretty much. But the alternative was one nation. You know what I mean? We had Hanson and uh, Roberts and all that sort of stuff. They were the actual real only alternative. And then, of course, UAPs come along, probably stolen all the votes, and they've gone split either way. You know, throw and, and the, the the masses are uh, all, all the freedom movement is throwing those votes in either camp, or even probably you know Bosies or, or whoever else, or whatever else. They're diluting that 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 much needed third, real kind of third party, I guess, in a sense that will actually challenge some of the others. And it's just yeah, it's just diluted it all. And we've and we've lost. That's why I said, look at the result. We've lost even the ones that we had in have now lost their seats, lost their positions and stuff. You know, so it it really worked against us having extra alternatives to choose from, you know, it's kind of, it's really did kind of fuck us over in a sense, but I don't think it was done intentionally, but that just seems to have been the outcome. You know, they, 
then the big parties love it. They love it because they they know they're going to get, keep their voters. They're, they're not going to really lose that many voters. If anything, they get more. Look, like I said, look what happened in Victoria. Um, they got more and more Labor voters out there. So that's what I kind of think happens with this particular election. I think the freedom movement is unintentionally, I guess, hijacked uh, votes in either camps and stuff. Um, so unless they can kind of pool together and form one mega party that's they all stand together and then there's only really the three to choose from. Well, Greens are Greens, like I said, maybe it's four, but really three huge parties to choose from and you're really going to have that other one to to do the damage that uh, is needed to be done. That's that's how I feel about it anyway, boys. So um, just sort of throw that in the mix. I don't know if you yeah, agree. Does that, does that make sense to you that it diluted this, the system? Well, we have... Exactly. Well, we have a very similar viewpoint, you know, except for the intentional versus unintentional part. You know, you believe it's sort of unintentional, whereas, as I said, <clears throat> if you split the vote up and dilute everything and have your character for every base, then it works within your favour and they don't just need that one alternative anymore. They realise that more and more people are becoming disillusioned with the system, so create even more independence to make sure that that vote doesn't, mm. you know, sway the vote in a sense, and, to upheaval and, the two-party false paradigm. But I, I, heard I believe was, it's intentional. But, you, oh, you no, think I just it's believe intentional. it's okay. intentional. But either way, that's what's happened. That's well, the end result is the same, right, correct. Yeah. That's what's happened. It's yeah. been diluted and it would have been better. And, let, and One Nation got more votes than United Australia Party, even though <laughs> Clive was saying that he's the largest party in Australia. But it, you know what I mean? It's like how many votes did he just take away from what could have been a strong One Nation? One Nation and, party. Exactly. I yeah. I just don't. I think they're all characters. I'd I'd like to see like the uh, IMOP or something become like the one independent. <laughs> I know, um, right? How awesome would that be? Yeah. <laughs> just because uh, I know there's legitimate people in that that are doing yeah, it right. Yeah, yeah we've spoken to them on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing it for years. So it's like that's that's one of the only. And then you've also got all the Australia ones and everything with um. Bosey and everything like there's a lot of parties out there now to choose from so maybe it's all by yeah, design right. maybe not but here we are all right well let's uh, let me just bring up the next piece i wanted to mention here it kind of ties into something that you were kind of talking about recently here uh, i'm just gonna bring up the article i thought i sent it to my computer already but i did not uh it was Put up in a whole bunch of uh, news agencies, got a hold of it. But South Australia, South Australia declares a climate emergency, boys. Fancy that, hey? Good old South Australia down there. Apparently, they've got a climate emergency and they have officially declared it with their government. Um, what does it mean? Not a whole lot, actually, to be honest. <laughs> they've even said that... Um, they haven't really, the government has gotten no new powers with this declaration, um, no real ability to do, actually do anything, but um, let me just take you through. It doesn't really, it's not really a huge uh, article here, but this is from the government of South Australia on this link. I'll put this in the show notes for the folks as well. South Australia declares climate emergency first of June 2022. So South Australia has joined other jurisdictions around the world in declaring a climate emergency. The climate emergency motion reaffirms the urgent need to decarbonise the South Australian economy and shift to renewable sources of energy. A petition with more than 10,000 signatures ooh, was tabled last year from the South Australians demanding immediate action on climate change. Director Climate Change, 
Coast uh, and sorry, director of Mr. Of there, director of climate change Coast and Marine Neil McFarlane said by declaring a climate emergency, South Australia is acknowledging the importance of taking action to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and support adaptation. I love how this is all seems to have come along just as Albanese's got into, by the way. Um, this is about reaffirming, this is what it's all about, here we go. This is about reaffirming the state's commitment to building science-based policies that can prepare South Australia for the realities of extreme weather, climate shifts, and increased global warming, Neil said. Ooh. The recent intergovernmental panel on climate change, yes, that's the very same one that ignores the sun as a as a uh, one of the um, uh, things that can actually change the climate on this planet. But anyway, uh, report confirms that global average temperatures, uh, the report showed that some parts of Australia had already recorded increased average temperatures of 1.4 degrees Celsius since 1910. Unbelievable. And a significant rainfall decrease across southern Australia. Yeah, maybe tell that to New South Wales and Victoria, perhaps. I'm pretty sure they've had fucking shitloads of rain down there. With further declines in annual rainfall expected. Mind you, that's in light of the fact that we're in the, what they call the La Nina cycle, which is like the wet cycle for our part of the globe for the next like 10 years. But apparently it's going to get worse, boys. No rain. Um, how many hours of uh, sunshine did I say we had recorded uh, on an average daily basis in April, fellas? Was it three and a half hours because it was fucking raining the whole time? Yeah. Uh, a range of work is already underway to tackle climate change, including new plans to create clean and sustainable energy with a hydrogen plant in South Australia. Oh, isn't that lovely? I wonder who's paying for that. The electric vehicle, here we go. The electric vehicle tax will be repealed to help encourage South Australians to invest in electric vehicles and ease their reliance on fossil fuels. South Australians are also encouraged to use public transport, helping take uh, excess cars off our roads and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Oh, isn't that lovely? So that's what that's all about. It's more just the green mumbo jumbo stuff. Um, the same shit that they're always saying they're going to do, but now it's apparently it's it's an emergency. You know, we're all going to die. It's doomsday, boys. All right. Go and get an electric car and charge that thing at night time so you can use the power grid. All right. That's what you need to do. That's that's sustainable. Um, you know, you need to get that electric car, uh, uh, Andy, because, um, you know, don't worry about the 500,000 uh, tons of earth that need to be moved in order to uh, create that single battery for that car. And never mind, the, never mind the little African kids that have to mine the cobalt in those mines, OK, to get those parts for those batteries. Never mind that. It's green. All right. <laughs> That's what they're. That's what this shit's all about. It's so funny. I was having this. I was having this conversation with a client of mine the other day. Who's? She was like, "Oh, it's so, I'm so upset by all these greenies around here." I'm like, "Yeah, tell me more about this." And she's having a big whinge about it all. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. How about this? And how about that? You know, and <laughs> throwing all these things at her. She's like, "That's right. They, these people don't understand." She's like, "They're all my friends, and they're all educated, but they don't understand this stuff." <laughs> well, there's your problem. They're not really educated. They're just fucking more NPCs. Uh, big Ando, what do you reckon, mate? South Australia declaring climate emergency just to guess fit in with the global clique who's uh, who's doing all this shit. What is it? I mean, what are we seeing? Oh, no, oh, I thought the timing shit. was funny too, by the way, brother. But as soon as Albanese gets in and it's all oh, about oh. producing emissions and all of a sudden there's a climate emergency on like the first week he's in. Yeah, well, it's, it's sort of Albo's like huge, you know, his biggest lefty ever. So yeah, it's almost <laughs> like they've got the green light now just to go full, full, um, full mental. Uh, what is it? Full retard now. <laughs> full, yeah, never go full retard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full retard. Off we go. So um, I'm, I'm just thinking, when should I? When should I start selling my Navara 
maybe maybe this week, maybe we should all <laughs> start getting rid of these, you know, diesel-powered cars before they're worth nothing. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Well, what gets me too is none of these clowns talk about whether no one in the MSM uh, or especially politicians um, have told us what they're doing with the um, whether modification, the actual technology that's out there, like changing the weather that governments seem to be spending a lot of money on. Mm. You know what I mean? Like like mm. that harp type technology. Um, it's I've still seen, never acknowledged, is it? That that's what they're doing. Seen lots of lots of posts, uh, lots of um, credible type like Google Earth type posts where people have actually documented and, and shown quite clearly all of the harp type stuff in Australia. Mm. That's so, you know, and, and obviously we've seen many, many reports about all of the, um, you know, like the flares hanging off wings of aircraft flying up and around the east coast of Australia, especially around like during when we had those terrible um, like rain events. So the governments haven't come out and explained what they're doing with the weather and how they're modifying the thing. So I'd like to see somebody, just somebody talk about it and let us know what what they're actually doing, what their actual intentions are with with this technology and, and, and everything that's going on there first before we start talking about, you know, like global warming that just seems to be happening, you know, because of Andy's Navara, you know. <laughs> And then generals, Izuzu. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, well, that, look, you know. I also found it interesting too, boys, that um, I looked this up as well just to double check. But, yeah, I wanted to see what, what is what is fueling South Australia right now in terms of power, right? Most of their power is coming from gas-fired power plants um, and that sort of stuff. That's most of their their power comes from now. They've actually they've shut down all their coal power. They have no coal-fired power plants in South Australia whatsoever, and that, that ended in 2016. And that was also the same year that there were widespread blackouts uh, in across South Australia as well. Uh, of course, you know they're trying to remember when Elon Musk was trying to you know build him a battery, and there was all this hype about oh Elon's going to save us all. You know he's going to build a big Tesla battery on the you know, and put it on the wall over there, and that'll power the station, power the, you know, they will power the whole uh, state with that, yeah, you know. I don't, I don't know where the power's going to come from to charge that motherfucker, but anyway. Um, <laughs> do you, Ethan, do you remember that when that was the <laughs> big Elon well, that's to save the world for us? Well, that's the thing, General. They're, they're talking about a climate emergency in South Australia. Didn't Elon come in and save the day? The great Elon yeah, like Musk is coming to save the world. Yeah. But yeah. we, as as we know, because you know a lot of people don't just follow. They didn't want to highlight it on the news. That program just become a massive failure. It didn't do anything. It didn't power South Australia at all. And now they're trying to get. Was it they're trying to like get Elon to get the batteries out or something? Or they're in court with him for it not working or something like. <laughs> but he just prances around the world. Yeah, yeah. Like he was on Joe Rogan and Joe said that. So when you're not powering South Australia and digging holes and what what do you do? Like they they just he just is this hero that has powered Australia. But South Australia is now declaring a climate emergency, mate. So yeah, what's going on? False false prophet leading us astray there. Um, we have, to, you know, have to get our electric cars. Have to get our the, electric cars, mate. Oh, that's right. We'll we see. do. We have to. Um, the the biggest battery in the southern hemisphere is actually going to be built in Kingaroy, 
um, new project happening up there in Kingaroy in Queensland. Um, funnily enough, uh, that was actually my client who I was talking to. Her husband is now working for that company. He left BHP, left the big mining giant to go actually go and work for this big green company now to build battery, build a big battery up there in Kingaroy. Um, there you go. So that's what's going to happen soon. So you'll probably start hearing about all that sort of shit. But I just had a quick look as well. This is on the uh, South Burnett Regional Council, which is where Kingaroy area is. Kingaroy Transformation Project, Ethan. Here we go. South Burnett Regional Council has developed the Kingaroy Transformation Project, inspired by our vision to build a strong and vibrant region. In continued consultation with our residents and businesses, we've designed a plan that will provide direct benefits, not just to Kingaroy, but the South Burnett region. Much needed, long-awaited regeneration for this vital regional hub will build a strong identity for regional business, well, blah, 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 all that sort of shit. Um, part of our vision uh, to provide growth opportunities in the areas, uh, projects, design, development, focused on enabling economic, environmental, and social, cultural sustainability. There you go. So you know it's all about the green agenda with the sustainability words there. The project will build smart country capacity into all infrastructure upgrades, enabling businesses and re residents to make the most of future technical technological advances and the Internet of Things. There you go. They actually say that on their website. The Kingaroy Transformation Project offers a once-in-a-generation opportunity to transform Kingaroy's town centre and enable it to recognise the linkages to our region. The design will incorporate images and aspects of the 17 towns and townships from across our region and includes temporary recognition of the First Nations people, blah, blah, blah. Um, talking about uh, modernising uh, their CBD. Uh, what else we got here? It's only a few more sentences here. The complete transformation uh, project will connect the CBD to allow it to function more effectively, activating our community, regenerating our community, and providing opportunities for the future. This project offers Kingaroy and the greater South Bennett region an opportunity to, lots of opportunities in here, to emerge as a modern, vibrant regional community. So that's, that could be one of the, um, the new smart city uh, areas there, Ethan, with the way they're talking there, um, especially with this new green power station uh, battery happening up there as well. I'd say that's probably all part of it as well. So keep an eye on that one there, folks. Yeah, well. Mm, there you go. Uh, don't know if the uh, the high-speed rail will go up there. Probably will be in the future. Probably, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah but they've transformed. Just... Sorry, they've transformed yeah. Queensland a lot, you know, mm. with solar farms and everything like that. They've really been pushing for trying to transform the regions into all of these things. Wagga Wagga's getting the first fully automated AI farm. There's projects going on everywhere out in, mm. you know, the regions for sustainability now. Not the cities anymore. They're going to the regions now. Mm. So that's interesting, isn't it? So maybe something we can keep an eye on for future reference as well too. Um, I guess, I mean, would you, uh, you know, you wouldn't call, um, you know, like they've got all these plans for like Lismore and, you know, the whole smart city thing we've talked about with the rail lining up with it. They would be classed as regional, wouldn't they? Because they're, more inland and all yep. sorts of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this is, For I guess, sure. Queensland's version of that, I guess, being part of that sort of that sort of push. Uh, but it reminded me of an article that I saw over at tottnews.com as well. Again, link in the show notes, folks. Uh, calls for more than 40% of Earth's land surface to be conserved. 40% of the land surface of the Earth, they want to be conserved. Um, who's behind this, I wonder, Ethan? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, General. Well, it's it's a very interesting. It's a very radical call um, to protect the future of the world. And as you said, mate, there's there's been 
talk from an international team of scientists. They did a, a comprehensive analysis on animal habitats in the journal Science. And so they wrote this paper. It's called The Minimum Land Area Requiring Conservation Attention to Safeguard Biodiversity. And in it, that's where they call that 44% of terrestrial land must be ecologically sound to prevent major biodiversity losses in the future. And even more interesting, it continues on to say, the authors emphasize that much of the needed area is occupied by human populations. So the 40% that needs to be protected, a lot of it's currently occupied, occupied. Yeah. by humans. So there's very interesting study that's come out. And, and again, it goes into this whole push. We're going to see a lot more of this sustainable model. As we said, this is the the next five, six years or whatever are going to be the, the development of all these programs, the Agenda 2030 properly fulfilling yeah. as it as we're we in get. That you home, can go on the, that home run now, aren't we? This next eight years, we're in that home run towards that goal line. This is all part of exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. There's they on the um, sustainable development goal website in Australia, they have a countdown to 2030. This is how much time we have left to implement all the sustainable development goals, all 11 of them. I mean, no, all of the um, sustainable development goals, but these are what is being um, pushed. And so this is what's coming in mainstream science. But I thought it was interesting because this call isn't a new call to sort of protect and conserve the planet from the evils of humankind. You know, it's all part of this whole overpopulation myth, you know, where I even highlight in this piece that 70% of the land on Earth today is already considered ecologically intact. So this whole thing that humans have destroyed the planet and it's unlivable and all this type of stuff, the real data doesn't back that up because 70% of the planet is still ecologically intact. So Absolutely. for them to call that humans need to get away, we need to seize land to protect from the growth of overpopulation and all this stuff, when humans have barely even ventured out into most of the land on this planet, a lot of it is you fly over just um, coming from Newcastle to Br Brisbane, you see massive rainforests for ages, you know? Mm. Like humans have barely gone out from we're just all flooded on the east coast here in Australia, for example, and think we're all crowded and there's an emergency. And they're calling to protect this. But this isn't a, a new call. And I highlight in the model, um, sorry, I highlight in the piece, the UN sustainable model for this, which they released the post-2020 Global Biodiversity Framework, it's called, which was a report mm -hmm. that came out and it actually come out in 2021 last year and in it they actually say one of their main points is to ensure that at least 30 percent of land areas and sea areas um, are conserved so they call for that as well mm. and the world economic forum have called this global biodiversity framework um, they've got an article that says how the UN's global biodiversity framework work could become the Paris Agreement for nature. So we've discussed the Paris Agreement and, you know, this whole push for, for climate action and stuff, whereas on the actual land and on the land and sea level, 
uh, where they're doing this, they're implementing it through biodiversity programs. And that's why we have the biosecurity bill and all this type of stuff. It's all this type of um, language and push. And so the goals containing land related targets and indicators are sustainable development goals one, two, five, 11, and 15. So they're all related to land mass and that target and the indicators. And so the UN have been calling for this and now general mainstream science is starting to call for this on, on a massive push in, in public, uh, popular mainstream journals. And here in Australia, I've got a piece coming out in the next New Dawn. I talk about how unelected world bodies have infiltrated and are sort of transforming Australia. And one of the things is, is that they have all of these programs in Australia to implement this already. They're working very hard. At get, it's like a top-down model. Once the top scientists start calling for it, once the major institutions start calling for it, like we can see with this piece here, it's going to funnel down to all of the textbooks and all of the students and all of the workers that are in these programs. This will be the new push. And we've predicted this for years, mate. So I'll throw it back to you. That's just the um, sort of overview on the piece. But we've talked about this for years, haven't we, mate, that mm. land will be off limits for humans in the future. You will need a pass just to be able to travel to the wilderness like George Orwell's 1984 or Brave New World. You've got to get approval to go out into the savage We're reservation. Savage enough, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is what this is the model that's coming. We've talked about this for a while. So what are your thoughts on this? Is is this a good thing? Should we ensure that 40% of the earth is off limits to humans to protect from all the damage that we've done? Or is it this push that we're talking about, which could be related to Agenda 2030 and ensuring that not humans don't go out into land not because they're destroying the land, but because they're easier to be highly manageable, highly managed in smart cities and in smaller populations. We don't want the humans venturing off, General, so we mm, can control yeah. them by not letting them go out. What are your thoughts? It could be either one. Well, let me just take you through. So, I, of course, I don't want to see our beautiful landscapes and environment, you know, raped and pillaged by, you know, mining giants or... Or, or whatever. Yeah, I want to see like a, a beautiful forest just just ploughed down and ravaged and never touched again or whatever and cleared for nothing for you know other than timber or you know as long as they're replanting that sort of stuff actually does work replanting forests and things. Yeah, I, I'm all for conserving a, a nature in a sense as well. I don't want to see like large swaths of land of beautiful landscapes. You know, you know having a, a, an offshore oil rig you know, in the Great Barrier Reef, for example, like that sort of thing. I, that, yeah, there's things I think should be protected and stuff. But what I think is that that's the the they're the heartstrings that they're trying to tug on when they put these things out there to the public and the public go, yeah, that's what I don't want that either. That's a good idea, you know what I mean? When they're not really considering yeah. what what it actually means. No, because you're right. What it means is, no, no, no. You're going to stay in this little location in, in a new smart city that we've been developing up at Kingaroy there, and um, you're not going to go outside. You're going to go fishing offshore. You're not going to go and, and and go camping, you know, two hours west or whatever. Um, you, you've got to apply for a permit for that. You know, we have to approve that for you because it's all about controlling the masses in that point. That's what it really comes down to. The other thing, the other side of it, which we're, which we can probably tie into it, and we've heard this mentioned in it's in the recent zeitgeist as well, is that you know, get ready for the whole climate lockdown stuff, you know what I mean? When they declare a climate emergency like South Australia has, 
who's to say that another state or sometime in the future that they're going to start to think, oh, it's probably a good idea if we maybe we just don't allow people to to drive cars on a, on this particular Friday and we'll see what it does. Or And then it's, well, we're going to limit how many hours you can actually do. We're going to maybe tax you or charge you on how many kilometers you're doing in that vehicle or, you know, what you're burning at home or whatever. And it's going to start incrementally coming in like that. That's what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're already floating those ideas into it. So, you know, I've got an article here. I've got two, one from the Hill over in, uh, in America there, coming soon, climate lockdowns. Uh, New York Post, get ready for the left's climate change emergency lockdowns. You know, they're already sort of floating those ideas. And that was only published in 2021 and 2022. So not too, not too far away. Um, but like I said, it's more about that selling point of making people fall for that. Yeah, we've got to protect the environment. We need to look and, and look at the pictures and the images they use for these sorts of things. You know, the beautiful landscapes and stuff. With no one fucking lives there anyway. No one even goes there anyway. It's probably too like too hard to get to. You know what I mean? What they should be showing is like, you know, a uh, massive dirty mining company in India, you know, ravaging the shoreline or something like that. You know, because that's probably kind of bad. You know what I mean? Like maybe they should be doing a bit more cleaner and clamping down on big yeah. business and the corporate and the corporate side of things and making sure that they're being responsible and not just paying their fees and carbon credits to, to pollute as much as they want, which they do anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, and I, it's, don't, I don't it's go for like, the whole climate scam thing anyway, but it's actual pollution is what a problem is. You know, putting out all these, um, you know, dioxins and that sort of shit in the environment. That's the stuff. That's the real killers. Carbon dioxide is not an issue for me whatsoever. Yeah, no, you're right, mate. You make some great points. And that's what it is. It's it's corporate fascism that's been masked behind what was a good green type mask. of environmental. Mask, yeah, it was um, it was a good, like, there's nothing wrong. As you said, no one wants to see the world get destroyed. And we should, should have a model where it is the planet over profits. I, I loved one of that about the original left 10 years ago. Well, no, that's not the original left. But for me, the left, when they actually... Think did go out they actually fought for environmental issues i was at dugon and sea turtle rallies where they were talking about the hunting of that and populations of animals where the, we were talking about coal seam gas remember they would go and blockade coal seam gas and mining companies and yeah, stuff lock the gate alliance lock the gate alliance doing fantastic mm -hmm. work for years the, that type like there is real environmental issues and mm. there are some things, as you said, getting rid of habitats and trees, how can we replace that? There is a need for some type of more sustainable model. But that's the thing. Everyone just does their little part or he works on this and he works on that, but they don't realise that there is a corporate fascist agenda coming in behind that. The people mm. that are running the show don't care about that. They don't actually care about the environment and stuff. It's the same people pushing this that destroyed the world in the first place that did all the oil spills yeah, and they're all the big money behind it all that's right <laughs> they're now reinvented and they're telling you to do this it's yeah. all just called they're they're the ones leading the movement and they don't care because they have a new model they have a model of control and that's what they want to slip in mate if anyone wants to know more specifically about that exact kind of point there you need to go over to the corporate report and watch how and why big oil conquered the world and then you'll realize that they're all, all these big companies that conquered the world through oil and stuff now are all trying to diversify and get away from fossil fuels. And they're, they're doing the big push for all the other stuff, the big green agenda and stuff, which is all about the whole depopulation agenda in the long run. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's if you're anyone out there who sure. hasn't seen it or wants to get their head around that concept, I, I highly recommend those two documentaries. Um, anyway, yeah, um, I might just, yeah. 
might just cross to Ando actually and get your thoughts on that, Andy. Um, this, yeah, the the big green push, mate. You know, you've just heard Eden go through that that piece there we, and everything we've just saying. Give us your thoughts, mate. Yeah, it's very profitable, isn't it? The whole green, oh, yeah. the green agenda. People are jumping yeah. into it. Like, well, that's where the that's where the smart money is jumping into into that whole thing there. But it doesn't mean shit, like you like you've like you've explained. Like it's all it's all just smoke and mirrors. And when you've got like big it's a business plan. oil companies investing in in no, it's a business plan. Don't tell anyone. BlackRock and Vanguard business plans. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but um, yeah, look, oh, I don't know, I, I don't know where to go with it. But like, it's just you know, it's uh, it's unbelievable that we are still driving around in motor cars that are powered by like fuel. Really, I mean, the technology has been invented like decades ago where we could run run vehicles on water, just splitting the H two. Whoa, Adam, like, mm. and running our car from, like, these, this technology has been invented and invented over and over Multiple again. Multiple times, and yeah. getting squashed. Multiple times. So, you know, we, we are trapped in a loop and it's all, all run by these corporations. Um, and and you, you, you're you talking about, we're talking about, yeah, we're you... talking about politics before. Like, yeah. like, and the disillusion with all of that sort of thing. There, it is absolutely clear that this country and and basically all Western countries are run by corporations, and that the the Albo Scomo thing is just it's days of our lives theatre for the for the you know for the masses. And mm. and and that's and Ethan's right, and I feel exactly the same way. It's taken me probably a little bit longer to wake up to it, but. Like getting upset about oh elbows in now I really wanted Scomo in it's just pathetic it's mm. just it's it's just it's like getting upset when you know Jane runs off with Bob on 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 the daytime show Days of Our Lives or something like that or or clown Johnny Depp you know wakes up to find a turd <laughs> in his bed from his girlfriend like and people. <laughs> people talking about it like you know it's all just theater and smoke it's just crap you know mm. and like that's follow the money and you follow follow what's going on um i've completely lost my track but like right. yeah anyone anyway. can you see my screen right now boys yep look look at this yep, look at the ad see. that's right there the first video what did you just talk about <laughs> johnny depp and that fucking mole Look at that, right there. They put that up right there. Isn't that funny? And that was on that Hill article I was referring to. Uh, well, I just wanted it's, to bring this it's... up too. Uh, Andy, have a look at this while you're looking at the screen there. Just sort of what we were talking about. Extensive powers have been bestowed upon uh, this person, the newly created Northern Rivers Reconstruction Corporation, including compulsory, uh, including to compulsory acquire and subdivide land and fast-track the building of premises, blah, blah, blah. You know, more land grabbing than compulsory acquiring land there, the government taking over, you know, we, we talked about that in the past, but that's what they'll probably do. And there it is, they're already doing it now. Yeah. But it's all part yeah. of it, isn't it? It's just this part of this 
stopping us from controlling our own bits of land and stuff and saying, well, it's all conserved now. The, the big government groups and the big corporations have to now look after it and you're, you're banned, you're banished. You apply for a permit to go and walk on a track over there. You know, that's what it's going to be like. You know, there's probably already, there's already parts of the world that do that now anyway. Um, but that's definitely that's where we're headed more and more. Always, always done on the guise of an emergency. You know, like, of course, the COVID emergency just, like, gifts gifts these politicians, like, unlimited powers to do whatever the hell they like. And now, like like you're talking about in South Australia, like, the climate emergency. So then they gift themselves these unbelievable powers to deal with this new emergency, you know. It, mm. the, the processes are so clear, you know, and, and it's just... You can just see the the way that they've got it all worked out now, you know, and and, and of course the public just just they just buy it, they just mm. buy it hook, line and sinker. So can you see that, boys? Can. Yeah, you get what you pay for. That's what Manly Beach will look like, yeah, you know, by twenty thirty, boys. This is what we're going to see everywhere. We're going to see fucking wind farms all over the place. I guarantee it. Yeah. It's so crazy, isn't it? I mean, hasn't didn't Germany like really? like got stuck into the whole wind farm thing 20 years ago and have now abandoned the whole thing because I've, you know, really worked out that it doesn't, it, it's not economical to, to mm. do it. Oh, what was it. You shared a brilliant meme, Andy. Oh, what was it? It was like um, there's a guy, he's sitting outside of his car. electric car and he's on the phone going, yeah, now what? And it's a picture of him outside of his electric car. The windmill turbine that's supposed to help charge his car is frozen solid in the in the winter, and he's just sitting there like, "Yeah, now what?" Like, <laughs> that's right. gold. I loved it. <laughs> definitely, so definitely humanity walking off a cliff, man. It's yeah, just un, it's unbelievable. But well, we talk about that solar. Yeah, sorry about that solar farm. That mm. solar farm went underwater during the floods, and they just had to shut it down. Underwater. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Good <laughs> Incredible. Fucking idiots. You know, uh, you imagine you imagine something as electronic as a solar farm going underwater. I mean, the whole thing would be destroyed. I mean, when yeah. the water yeah, you know, it's not coming back. <laughs> and from what I hear, those panels, you they're they're not recyclable. Like it takes a god, a godly amount of time to break down those panels, get all the components out, and no one wants to do it. No one wants to pay to do that. So they have, like in China, there's like acres and acres of stockpiles of, of solar panels just sitting there rotting away in, in in open fields and things, you know, because there's nothing they can do with it, you know. But that's it's green. It's green though, boys. It's green. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's switch gears. Let's let's just switch gears. I did want to cover this before uh, we started to wind it up a bit here. Uh, as you know, we always cover things of a transhumanist nature on the show that we notice popping up and uh, and seeing around the place. Let me just bring this up and see if it's still, I'm pretty sure there it is. No, it doesn't exist anymore. Let's see if this link works. Okay, it definitely goes to that page there, but you can't click on. Good. Okay, so someone took a screenshot of it. All right, so uh, let me just share the screen again. So for the viewers out there, it's obviously the members. They can see what we're doing here. Head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Real News Australia to sign up, and uh, you can actually see the videos for these chats. There we go. So Preston West Primary School. This is a page on their website in Victoria there. You can go and 
these actually uh, don't work anymore. You can't actually click on these are their like newsletters and things for their term that they put out, right? The one in question comes up with this link. They've taken it down. I'm sorry, but this URL does not exist anymore. So it's been removed, of course, because of the backlash over what people saw. Let me bring this up so people can see it. it might be a little bit small, boys, but I'll go through it. Um, so the lady there that wrote this piece, but it says, what makes uh, Preston West State Primary or Preston West Primary School a great school? You know, talking about all the great things at the school there. And it's got here, in 10 years, that's about by the time 2030 rolls around, isn't it? Anyway, uh, in 10 years, we imagine education, uh, Preston West Primary will have more buildings and development, Technico technological advances for teachers and students. Far more learning will be on a screen. Wow. Microchips in students' brains to promote intelligence and memory. More mental health awareness in different styles for learning. Oh, wait a minute. Let me just go back to that previous point there. Microchips in students' brains to promote intelligence and memory. Now, from what I've been able to deduce, this is a legitimate newsletter that was sent out from the school, hence it being taken down from their website as well. Otherwise, if it wasn't, why would they do that? Um, but there we go, boys. So as we uh, as we see, there's so much of this push for, you know, Elon Musk's um, Neuralink brain chip and uh, all this sort of bizzo. But apparently that's what they're sort of foreseeing in the next 10 years happening in primary schools in uh, Victoria, right here in Australia, folks. So I guess it's already being accepted. Not that this is, this is a plan, not that this is anyone you know, saying it's happening now, not that there's anyone responsible for pushing this in place. All I'm trying to bring to the table with this, boys, is that it is now becoming, it's again, this is entering the zeitgeist. This is becoming part of the conversation. People are now talking about, openly talking about this. This is now a thing. It's becoming accepted that this will most likely happen. This is going to be part of the future. This is what the future is about, boys. We've got to get those chips. Don't worry about them being inside these things. No, straight in there. Um, thoughts on this one? I'll throw it back to you first of all, Andy. And we'll wrap it up this segment with Ethan. Andy, what are your thoughts on that, mate? So, as far as I can tell, that's legitimate, and it has been taken down from their website and stuff. And this went around to, you know, did the did the rounds. Um, but there you go, brain chips. That's what they're forecasting that they're perhaps going to see in schools, in this particular school anyway, within the next ten years. Um, yeah, what do you reckon of this? Unbelievable. Mate? Man, uh, well, they have been talking about that for a long time, haven't they? You know, um, it, more and more, it's, it's for sure. It's obviously someone's dystopian wet dream that they happen mm. to put on like paper. What happened? Did did what happened with? Did the parents sort of like get up in arms about that? Did, I imagine that's what happened. Yeah, because that seems to what, be what happens with a lot of schools whenever they put out things like. Oh, just for example, my daughter had to go on a on an excursion to UQ in biology to go and see, you know, like dead bodies and brains and things like that and all that sort of shit. And it was all about, oh, you know, they said in the newsletter when they sent it to parents, your kids have to be vaccinated to go on this excursion. And within and within like half an hour, another email was sent from the school saying, "Oh no, no, you don't have to be vaccinated to go on this excursion. Uh, yeah, you know, you just need to wear a mask or something on on the on the bus or whatever, or, or at the university." Like they were very quick to respond because the fucking school got hammered with responses on this. Like bang, 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 bang. They were like all over it. And this is what happens. And I mean, so when they put out a newsletter like this from a school, uh, parents quickly jump on board and go, "What the hell? Why are you talking about us? You know, our kids in primary school is going to have fucking brain chips? You know, like I guarantee you that's what happened." 
they're constantly maybe just like ten years time. Well, so they, I think they're just floating the idea. You know what I mean? You're breaking up a bit there, Andy. Are you still there? I think we might have lost connection with Ando. Ethan, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, mate. Yep. Can't Were you able to hear Andy much then? Yeah, no, he's cut out for you too. Okay, sorry, Ando. It's cut out for you there, brother. I might just quickly throw to Ethan. If you want to disconnect from the chat and just rejoin, if you're able to do that, that'd be good. Um, I'll throw to Ethan just to get his thoughts on this particular one. Yeah, general, fascinating. And as you said, parents would be all over that. They subscribe to the newsletters and want to know what's going in and on in the schools. And as you said, it's normalising it. They're trying to normalise it. Yes. Not that it is normal now. It's good that there's the least backlash, but there was backlash to a lot of things that are normal now 10 years ago. There was, you know, people were backlash and backlash, but they just keep pushing it. They just keep planting them seeds, keep pushing and keep normalizing it so when it comes you know people can see that so um it's very interesting to to witness yeah. things that were conspiracy now become just in school newsletters for example microchips in children's brains you would call it a kook and exiled from society in the <laughs> yeah, early right. 2000s yeah. for saying that you know so yeah. it's like now all this stuff's coming reality. There still is backlash and stuff, but this is clearly the direction that they do want to take it. And it's not for our, our generation. It's for these kids that are growing up. They're going to be the ones that accept it because they've grown up with technology in their hands as babies, iPhones from four years old, three years old. They'll accept that more. And that's the generation that's really going to put this whole thing into action. We're seeing the, the seeds start to bubble. And we need to call it out when we do see it, mate. Yeah, I'm glad people did. And like I said, this wasn't this was nothing about policy or anything like that. It was just, I guess, this was like a forecast of what they envisioned it for the school in ten years' time. So, you know, this person who wrote this may not even be for that. They just maybe this is just what they think in their mind. But I just, I just wanted to to add this to the to the discussion to show that it is now. Uh, it, it is now being discussed. It's now entering the zeitgeist of what's happening. It's, you know, people are talking about it. I'm glad there was a backlash. Maybe they will definitely not want to do that in future because people will be up in arms about it. Who knows? Maybe the school will turn around and go, it's now a mandatory requirement. Or the government says, the state government's now ordered brain chips. You know, who, who knows? I can't predict what's going to happen in the future, but um, <laughs> it does tend to seem to be thinking this is where it's going anyway. Andy, are you back there? Can you... Uh, Rejoin that conversation there, brother. Yeah, good day. Sorry about that. I'll just pop that a little bit. Um, yeah, that that just occurred to me too with the, that whole brain chip thing there too. And I, I think in one of the previous episodes we we covered it in more detail. But if you can imagine in in the future where only people that have these sort of like implants and stuff were were eligible for some of the top jobs, right? Just just like university education now is like almost like mandatory for anyone who wants to do something more than like drive a truck. Um, you know, like getting getting these sort of implants will become, you know, mandatory for people who want to be like an engineer or a doctor or, or anything that's sort of, you know, like uh, above average. Um, 
I can see people will jump into it, no bother at all. They'll be they'll be racing towards it, especially like as Ethan says, kids that have been like like from from the you know from the pram with a with an iPad in it to you know when when these sort of kids are other the leaders of the country, the prime ministers and the business leaders of the country, mate, they'll be no bother at all. They'll be like signed up for it. No no worries at all. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's that is where we're heading, no doubt in my mind whatsoever. On the current path, unless humanity can shake itself free of this nonsense. Let me see. Hopefully, you guys. I can't remember if you get the audio for this or not, but if not, I'll put a link in the show notes for the folks. But let me just share the screen one more time here. Uh, it might come through for the members. Not too sure. All right. So, president of. Uh, Alibaba Group, and this kind of just ties in with that as well, because it makes you wonder how they're going to do this. But president of the Alibaba Group, John Michael Evans, talks about the development of individual carbon footprint tracker at the World Economic Forum. Uh, they want to track and monitor your every step from what you buy, eat, and travel. So it makes you wonder how they're going to track that. Will that be a chip inside you? Who's to say? Here we go. Let me just have a listen. Hopefully, if you don't hear this, it's right. It only goes for 25 seconds anyway, but I'll just play this anyway. We're developing through technology, an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Hmm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Yeah, basically, he's just saying, yeah, this, he's talking literally what I said in that little um, carbon. Ah, sorry, I keep bouncing back and forth there. Stop screen sharing. There we go. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll splice that in for the listeners anyway so they can hear what that's about. But, yeah, basically, they're, yeah, the president of this massive corporation, Alibaba Group, uh, yeah, saying that they're, they're developing this individual. They're developing it. Well, they're actually talking about developing it now, like individual carbon footprint tracker. Crazy stuff. So, uh, again, seems to tie in with all this big green agenda push, mate, um, climate emergencies, all this sort of shit, and, and the whole um, transhumanist techno-fascism agenda that's being pushed onto us, mate. It all just <laughs> it all just seems to come together, doesn't it? Fits nicely in with each other. Crazy stuff. Crazy times ahead, boys. Well, um, I didn't have anything else extra to add on this particular one. I might just, uh, Ethan, are you anything else you wanted to particularly cover on this uh, episode at all? Not particularly general, not that I can think of. Um, you know, there's just lots of news happening, but you will see that there will be more discussions on this as, as things go forward, for sure. Uh, I'm sure that this isn't the last time that we're going to be talking about sustainable programs and sustainable models and climate change and all that stuff. Mm. All of this Agenda 2030 push is going to be the main focal point of the, the corporate system at the moment. So we're going to see that push um transform and we're also going to have to deal with this whole inflation and everything like that so we're just sort of seeing where this is going we've just come out of the um sort of covid lockdown era another virus might pop up or you know they might do climate emergency lockdowns like you said mate but it's mm. it, it, the worst is sort of not behind us it's still ongoing and we're just that was sort of just a taste covid it was sort of just the catalyst if you will, just to set the snowball rolling with the, the economy and everything like that. Because a lot of people, what? even if they don't accept it, like they'll be forced to accept it. 
because of the changes with the economy and everything yeah. like that. You will be eating bugs. You will love it. That's what they want. And they'll, they'll make sure that they transform everything to, so there's not really an option. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I, I forgot I mentioned it before we started uh, recording, which I didn't end up saying. Um, so from the Herald Sun, it, I'm pretty sure this one's the one behind a paywall, and it just ties in perfectly what we we're talking about as well. I'll just see if it comes up. It might not. No, it's not. So I'll have to read it from that little snippet back there. Uh, Premier Daniel Andrews has set up an agency to monitor and kind of cuts off there, but says, yeah, um, Premier Daniel Andrews has established a Big Brother style data agency to monitor the activities of everyday Victorians. Uh, how Big Brother Dan is keeping tabs on us all. There you go. Another, another instead of a private corporation talking about it, well, I guess we do have another private corporation, the Corporation of Victoria, also now talking about how it's going to monitor and track and trace their citizens right there, uh, yeah. openly admitting that that's what they're doing. So unfortunately, that's behind a paywall there. But um, I guess for anyone, any readers out there that are subscribed to the Herald Sun or have that, uh, I'll put the link in anyway. Um, you might be able to actually read that one. But yeah, there we go. So again, that just ties in exactly what we were talking about, brother. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And this is, I'm sure it's not the last time we're going to be talking about it. So nothing really more to add. Um, I think yeah, we've, we've covered sort of the election and everything that's been going on. I hope people um, sort of regroup and re-channel that energy, as I said, um, and, and just focus on sort of real solutions like building a parallel society and disconnecting because we can see all this stuff coming general. So mm. we're in a better position than most to be able to deal with it. So... Whatever comes, we'll discuss it, but people shouldn't just be sitting around discussing it, you know, all the time as well. Not, not like as an encouragement to people. It's like now it's time for you to start doing some action because all of this stuff's becoming real. You know? We did say that. We said that before. Little steps. Just take little steps to start prepping and to organise that switch, you know. Just start putting pieces in play, you know. Looking at even if it's just a scouting land, even if it's just – you know, storing food or little things. Just do little steps, folks. Everyone can do little things to make yeah. the next transition a little bit easier rather than it's a Band-Aid write-off situation. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. So just, just focus on that and, and and whatever does come, we can weather the storm. Mm, big time. So. I love it. Ando, let's cross over to you, mate. What's uh, your th any thoughts on tonight's show? Any wrap-up questions? Anything else you wanted to add, mate? Oh, I just wanted to... Um you know, mention uh, Ethan's Ethan mentioned the parallel parallel societies, and and I, I really agree with that. That's mm. that's actually like it seems to me the only course that we've got to take now. Because, more and more, yeah, yeah, because like it's just this this twenty thirty agenda and everything. Like it, it it's it's like a runaway, you know, five hundred ton train, you know, rolling down the tracks. It's it's going to happen, you know, like, it, you know, it's just a great chunk of the society will will, will go for it. Um, and and I, I just think, yeah, a breakaway, breakaway parallel society is, is something that we should focus on and, mm. and prepare for and understand that probably in 10 years from, from now in 2032 that, like is is something that will be like real in our lives, you know. Like so, so yeah, it's a good point that, that Ethan makes, and um, I, I think we should, you know, really, really seriously 
start looking towards it and actually sort of you know, planning to actually be be in that in that type of reality mm. different to what we are now yeah mm. that's my final the, point general for the listeners out there who are keen on something like that i do uh, encourage all of you to even if you just do it for a month but head over to tottnews.com join up as a member over there and you'll get access to the discord server where um ethan connects with all the his um paid subscribers and all that sort of stuff and uh they they literally talk about this they show um hard evidence of themselves doing it and how to do it and they encourage each other to do it and there's support networks there as well you know like it's all it's happening it, they're, they're doing it right now aren't they ethan it's really good to see too that's it general that's it we we're doing it i've, I've encouraged you if people want to join a like-minded community absolutely you know because mm -hmm. you help support the website but you're also joining a like-minded community of people that are that are actively doing this um and we're, we're doing it and it's possible yep. and you can do it too yep and you'll get you access to all the member content yourself. too <laughs> yeah and that too so you get you know three and i enjoy i love archives, it so yeah i love all you you put put together lots of good videos and lots of good member only podcasts and stuff it's good stuff man yeah anyone out there jump Thanks, on brother. thank you yeah. fuck this that. subscribing to paramount and disney and stan and netflix and all these other bullshit. You don't need to subscribe to that garbage. Fuck that shit. Get over and, and, and get some actual real hardcore good content. You know what I mean? Like, if you want any of that extra stuff, I'm not saying don't get into it. Just fucking pirate bay that shit and download it illegally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's other ways to do that. Don't pay them money. Fucking send it this way. You know what I mean? Put it to good use and then uh, join some like-minded people and join the discussion and you'll meet some really cool people as well. Um, I was I was bad, Ethan. I hadn't been on your Discord for I reckon a month, and I went back on like Friday or yesterday or something. I think, and I was just like <laughs> I was reading. It took me like an hour to go back through all the shit I'd missed. Eh? Fuck yeah, hell, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was a bad month. I can tell you what. I keep saying it, but fucking May is a terrible month for me. I was stressful, and there's fucking money just flying out my door, and I hate it. And then with raining and fucking everything else going on, and ah, yeah. Anyway. yeah. No, I'm you're right. back in the driver's seat now, so everything's kind of calming a bit more down now, besides the fact that I've just dropped money and <laughs> bought my daughter a car. But anyway, here we go. Oh, I'm getting old, man. I've got a fucking 16-year-old daughter, for fuck's sake. Oh, it's all happening. <laughs> Andy knows how I feel. He's got fucking grown-up kids who are looking to get married and oh, shit, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, uh, and and let, let me give you the tip. As they get older, the problems just get more complicated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't lose her, you know, and I, she can stay on my side of thinking anyway. Just stay in the ear. All right, boys, thanks so much uh, for that one. Some other topics we'll get to, I'm sure, in another episode. Of, but thanks for the listeners for getting on board. Um, the show is doing really well, folks. All the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. Please share the show. Um, you know, send it to some family and friends or whatnot. Yeah, we're by the time this uh, this by the time we do the next show, I think we'll be well and truly well over 135,000 views uh, listens uh, all time, which is awesome. So we're doing really well. I think I had a look at some stats recently from a another website I got onto. Um, and we're in this podcast is sitting in globally in the top five percent so that's pretty fucking good you know what i mean we're doing well we're getting out there people are enjoying the show um it's good to see so thanks again to all the listeners worldwide we got listeners from all over the place too it's awesome a lot of yanks a lot of uh, uk india they're all over the place it's really good to see of course the main lot coming uh, from the aussies here as well but it is another episode of uh, Australia Season 31. I mean, the General Knowledge Podcast Season 4, Episode 15. 
Thanks, boys. See that you are not alone 